After nearly six years of bitter conflict, a Nazi Germany, beaten to her knees at her own game of war, gives up the struggle. Field Marshal Montgomery accepts the unconditional surrender of those enemy formations opposing his forces. War transformed not only those who fought on the front lines and the civilians who experienced it, but also those who supported them on the home front. Although a long-awaited peace lay ahead, there were many changes to the faces that returned and in those who greeted them. Veterans Affairs Canada wants you to explore the stories of those Canadians who have served and sacrificed for our country. These are the Faces of Freedom. Elsa Lassard enlisted in the military in 1943 with the Women's Royal Canadian Naval Service, commonly known as the Wrens. Lassard served at a secret communication station, hidden away from the public, where she helped intercept enemy messages from German U-boats. Her most vivid memory is the thousands of Canadians who lost their lives on the dangerous Atlantic Ocean during the Second World War. To this day, at ceremonies to honor the Battle of the Atlantic, every toll of the bell for the ships that sunk brings Elsa back to her time in the secret operations room. Now 98 years old, Elsa Lossard tells us her story. when they started to recruit for women in the Navy in 1943 because my eldest brother had been in the Navy when I was six years old. And so I enlisted and I was trained at the station Gulf, Ontario, which is now Cambridge. And then I took special training in Morse code which I already knew because my brother had taught me when I was a young lady. And uh, I eventually served in uh, south of Ottawa and in New Brunswick on a secret station hidden away from the public. And the station in New Brunswick was close to a village called Gunningsville. And there we intercepted the enemy's messages from Germany. The Wrens were tasked with helping locate German submarines and to intercept their coded messages to bases back in Europe. The women sat for hours, listening on their earphones, and were known as the listeners. Of a U-boat or a U-boat pack, 
and she would, sitting in front of a round television-type screen, she would take a direct-line bearing of where the sound was coming from. Immediately, a teletype operator, another woman in the Navy, would teletype that direction right over to a secret station just south of London, England, called Bletchley Park. In Bletchley Park, they would plot, there would be women in the Navy on tall ladders, and they would plot where all these lines were coming from. So the ones from Canada would be joined by ones from Greenland, from Boston, from a whole circle in the North Atlantic. And they would plot them on wall, standing on top of the big ladder. And where all these lines crossed, that's where the German U-boat or U-boat convoy was tracking our ships, which were sending supplies to the UK, and those supplies would be everything from food, because the UK was isolated by the enemy, so it would be food, but it would also be tanks or airplanes and equipment for them to fight the war, and we won eventually. <laughs> Since her service, Elsa has been advocating for the women who served during the Second World War to receive proper recognition. However, I did in 1975 contact local media and one man said, what is all that about? I said, did you know there were women in World War II? No, he didn't. Well, I said, there were 56,000 women fighting in World War II. Some were connected to the Air Force, to our Canadian Air Force. Some were connected to the Army, the Canadian Women's Army Corps. <laughs> You know, why march with all these people once in a while? Anyway, but when the Navy was told you have to use women because the men, the men need backups, they said, fine, but there are going to be women in the Navy. And you know, it was verboten. Women were not allowed on a ship. They were considered... <laughs> bad luck. I don't know that that's changed anywhere. <laughs> I think we're still considered bad luck. Anyway, the powers of be in the Navy said, well, if we have to have women in the Navy, they are going to have to obey by our rules, not separate rules. So if they misbehave or if they don't 
don't show up on time on their watches, they can be punished. And you have to take an oath of allegiance, of secrecy, for 40 years on pain of death. Often, she thinks of those who signed up to fight for peace and freedom and did not return. all the time. I'm remembering all the men who didn't come back. I'm remembering all the men that I went to high school that never came back. And with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of the Faces of Freedom podcast. You can keep up to date and join the conversation on social media by using the hashtags Canada Remembers and Faces of Freedom. Or you can find us online at veterans.gc.ca slash Canada Remembers. We also have online Faces of Freedom articles where you can learn more about those who have served and sacrificed for our country. If you have a suggestion for the podcast, whether it's a specific guest or story, you can reach us on social media through the Canada Remembers Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as the Veterans Affairs Canada Twitter account. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. And remember, their faces tell the story, but their legacy will live on. Mm -hmm.